Hello, beautiful people. My name is Mitchell, and this is the Back to the Present podcast, where I sit down and discuss this roller coaster we call life with people of all different smells and smiles. On today's episode of the podcast, we have Todd Kidd. Todd is an ex-boxer, competed for Australia at the Olympics, and now coaches the sport he knows and loves, running his own gym in Brisbane. How are you, Todd? Mitchie, how are you, mate? Thanks for having me on. No worries, brother. You are in Brisbane, aren't you? I just want to double-check that. Yeah, we are, mate. Yep, definitely. Uh, I thought so. And um, your gym name, Todd, from memory? It's TKO Conditioning. Cool. All right. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Um, obviously, my introduction was only short and sweet uh if you can introduce yourself uh, a little backstory as to um how you got where you are and yep. dealing with yourself at the moment please brother yeah mate as you touched on a lot of my history and background has been developed around that sporting arena with boxing and it's kind of how i developed my identity i guess and as a kid it's sort of you're always looking for that recognition and it was quite ironic that boxing took uh, boxing was the one I took because it got me um, re- not only just recognition but a, I guess a better relationship with my father in the fact that he you know it was always loaned for his attention as most kids probably do with their with their parents and that sort of stuck with me from from a very young age. He was there for every step of the way, um, just supporting and, and not trying to dictate anything along the way, just being there and being his presence and support was really comforting and it, it, it kept me coming back um, even through some of those hardest moments as kids. Uh, you know, when you go through it, you, especially when you build an identity around something, you think that, that people give you respect because, because of what you're doing in that arena. Uh, and it does, it gets you that. And that's just the way life is until you're ready to step away from that. Um, and, and life takes takes you down that journey, I guess, when you are ready. So for me, it sort of, I was fortunate. It took me around the world. It took me um, to, to represent Australia at Olympics, Commonwealth Games and a couple of world championships. And then I had my own issues after all that. Um, I, I stayed in the sport because I absolutely love the sport and it's one thing that's given me structure in my life. Um, without it, the um, the chaos became too much, mm-hmm. so to speak. So uh, not that um, it's just finding ways to deal with it. And so when inevitably the injuries, I had a hip replacement, um, 33, so 37 now going 38 next month. And so it was... Uh, it was a bit of a life-changing um, life experience for me, and that's where I guess the second half of life started to open up, where I started to look at things very differently rather than um, chasing those identity goals and 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 you know um, respect through people for what I've done for myself rather than understanding myself through all these life challenges so I was able to step away from that athlete mindset I guess and then also because I brought that obviously into the business 
and just chasing, chasing, chasing and being stuck on that <laughs> hamster wheel of life, really just chasing my ass at the end of the day, trying to get in front. And at the end of the day, when there's no end goal, um, you're just trying to get in front. You, you're really not, you know, I wasn't setting things up like an athlete to, um, to, to, to achieve greatness, but I just wanted to make ends meet and that's all I was getting. And that comes back to that energy we hold that I was able to, um, I guess, understand better especially after joining some of those programs that I was fortunate enough to, to meet you along. Yeah. Um, and everything sort of came in due time for me. And But the catalyst was really the hip replacement and then I started going through looking at life a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And um, at the moment, obviously, full-time boxing coach, yeah? Yeah, look, yeah, it's not uh athletes i don't train athletes i've um separated myself from that i i have a plan to get into it more passionate about helping uh youth i guess and youth development in the sport because i I can see a great avenue there for kids to to improve themselves and i see a lot of parallels in 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 the boxing arena if it's harnessed properly and that journey of oneself so there's a lot of parallels that I've been able to connect since doing these courses. And um, as long as, you know, it took these courses for me to understand that a bit better. Yeah, um, for sure. Pow- powerful stuff. Brings up a lot in us. The hip replacement that you were talking about, I know you and I have dis- discussed it a little bit before, but I, but I don't actually remember. Was it a ongoing, th- ongoing thing throughout your career or did it happen yeah. like after you were 30? No, yeah, it was there was a, a injury there when I was twenty five. I had my first hip surgery. That's right. Um, so that was post Olympics. It was probably eighteen months after it. Okay. And I was living a pretty reckless lifestyle, and then still trying to um, train as we did um, in the Olympic team, which was just reckless and just absolutely trashing the body. And when you're young, you sort of got this immortality built into you where you think that everything's going to be fine. And then that sort of slowed things up for me. But um, I guess I still saw life very differently, seeing it through achievements um, that I wanted to to pursue, I guess, still, um, that was living inside of me. And then by the time I was 30, I was, I was, I was walking on a hip that I couldn't even, I couldn't operate on, mate. It was just so painful. But um, I guess that was a blessing at the end of the day because I didn't just want to walk the path of go and get the hip replacement and then get back to that treadmill. Um, It sort of slowed me up a bit to look at things a little bit differently and look outside the box and listen to other people about what they had to say. Um, a, A lot of things that I've looked at in my life, I guess, attributed to it physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it's all probably connected very much and yeah. took me down that path. Yeah, for sure. It, often the body is the, the last form of defence to slow us down. I know. <laughs> <we all probably laughs> know. Um, that identity that you were talking about with boxing, because you're at 
it's probably not necessarily just because you're at such a high level, but I can imagine the identity, the attachment to the identity becomes even more um, stronger at that level. Um, yeah. And I can also imagine how difficult it was for you um, changing that perspective whilst also having the injury. Uh, and no doubt it wasn't easy. Was there, was there certain things that happened like other than the hip that uh, made it a little bit easier for you to go through that transition? No, I'll tell you what really drove me into it. Like I was delving into it just a little bit, reading on on um, the connections between, I guess, uh, for me, as I've touched on with you, I lost my mother um, at a month old. And so there's been a, a deep yearning inside of me to understand a little bit more about that. And it was a family full of men and um, we just depressed it. We still don't really talk about it much. Um it probably just hurts everyone in their own ways. So um, I sort of went on a bit of a path there to find out about that. And and that um, when I was told to get the hip replacement, I was 30. And that's when I sort of started looking and reading into other things. And uh, that feminine side being the left side, all my injuries are on the left side, funnily enough. Um, not to say that that's the only reason. Um, there's obviously weaknesses. It attaches the weakness in the body, right, um, energetically. And so that's funnily enough where it all happens for me. And so just understanding myself a little bit more about that and through those challenges, um, I I went on that path for three years. I was, like, reading on it but then still not fully sold on it, right? And then I had the hip replacement at 33. And then I fell pretty deep and it's taught me a really heavy lesson um probably about oh a few months after the hip replacement i was back at work and just going through the motions again and, and living my normal life getting you know helping people out i was training some young athletes back then but i fell into a pretty heavy um state i guess you would call it depression in a way that i was just asking questions because i was no longer in pain mitch and Pain was the physical drive to keep me moving and keep me wanting to know more. Yeah. And I spent all that time trying to avoid the pain. The pain was teaching me so much more about myself. And then when it was removed, that's when I fell into that hole mentally more so than anything else. So that was the time that I sort of started looking further um, into what, what it's all about for me and it, that's why I say it was really a second half of life for me and those numbers really are quite unique to me with the threes in my life and so that was pretty ironic that it all happened at 33 and um, yeah it sort of helped me and guided me I guess when I was ready to go into the further courses and, and, and understand a little bit more about myself through those challenges physically. Yeah as it does no that's cool i appreciate that man does it still give you pain and grief now um the hip no um i guess the pain and grief you hold is um that as you know we all have some set habits i guess mindsets and and they they might roll back through yeah. here and there and you know the path of light and path of love helped me understand that voice a little bit more where does that voice come from yep. 
um, and those sort of things. So it helped me sort of deal with that and reason with that and, and live with a little bit more ease. Um, but I don't have any physical pain, Mitch, in that regard. There was always a, um, a thought that I would go back to the sport after I had all the work done on the hip and this and that. But um, I guess I've sort of sat back and started seeing things a little bit differently now that, that my growth really only just started. And so, I, you know, I ebb and flow between um, being so physical and trying to push myself physically to then doing nothing physically to just drop dropping in and doing a lot of inner work instead. And so it's finding that balance is where um, my journey is taking me. That's funny, man. That's, that's exactly something that I was going to touch on was, was that balance in, because boxing is seen as, I mean, it's, it's not a guy sport, but it's, it's a masculine high energy output type sport. Um, and that's what it's associated with. Knowing what you know now, been through all of it and whatnot, I can imagine you're, and also knowing you, I can imagine you're quite passionate and about in trying to distill that uh, importance of balance with the people that you coach. Um, is it something that you're consciously talking to to them about, or is it more so trying not to project your own stuff and just trying to sh- show people that there's different options other than going in yeah. and beating the shit out yes. of a bag and, um, uh, you know, doing it for those reasons. Yeah, that's a good question, Mitch, because, like, um, when I was training athletes, like young ones, not really, I, I, and I guess I hadn't developed as much, but now it's more mine's just general population sort of people that I work with. They just come for an outlet. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that, they are great teachers to me okay. and that um, the people that I attract into the gym generally has something to do with what is going on inside of me, mm-hmm. uh, whether I need their guidance or help along some path uh, along the way or um, they're there to reflect what I'm holding and some insecurities. Um But they definitely reflect some of most of them that you attract are those middle-aged men who come from those contact sports and they like to be pushed as well and they love to have a crack. Um, so I can understand and I wouldn't try not to project any of my issues out that way, but I've, I've been able to reflect a lot more these days than, than um, getting caught up and I sort of, it's helped me develop better training programs for the average everyday person and then write up some ways that they can balance their, their own energies out in a way um, rather than, yeah, just just treating it like I, I I used to run these programs called the Fighters Experience. I still kind of do, but I've, I've scaled it back a bit because it used to be quite intense in the form of the way a fighter would behind the scenes go through. Um, their training camps and then go through a weight cut because I really wanted people to experience that sacrifice before 
before the competition. I never wanted them to go through the competition because it's just very dangerous when you do a heavy weight cut. But um, I think every now and then it's good for you to learn to sacrifice um, going without food for some time or without water, just having that self-discipline on yourself, although it's not healthy for the body to abstain from, from fluids. Sometimes it's it's important to just understand that you're in control of the situation and not your emotion or not your mindset um, that's taken over. Yeah. Um, so I've used a lot of the training for the courses to be able to help people get the most out of themselves in a way. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, I can imagine that uh, weight cut and, and things like that it is it's going to be quite difficult and just to do it to literally experience like you say as from a from a high level athlete um you're really pushing yourself to the edge and it's all physical but the physical component to it is is the part that you're focusing on as you already said it's very much like seeing what you're actually capable of mentally isn't it Oh, mate it's everything's mental even in the boxing circle with all the old school coaches they'll even touch on it that you know it's 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 90 physical to it's 10 physical 90 mental um yeah. you're only going to prepare your body so much you can only ever get so fit right yeah. but it's the mental game that makes the difference between the athletes and did, so yep no sorry sorry i didn't mean to interrupt um did you when you were training at that level like in the olympics talking about that 90 90 10 um how how much of the day were you training physically and and was there a component to it that was mental yep. at that level yeah we did we 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 utilized we had psychologists and that working with us down in the ais but um look a lot of physical a lot of physical they'd push you to the brink um three sessions a day and they were <laughs> absolutely trying to pump you yeah um and it was a little bit of a toxic mindset both on like for me on my behalf i can i can honestly put my hand up and say that i was in a toxic mindset when i was in those teams um and um not enough back then um of an emphasis on the mental side of it that came well after i was finished and that's you know hindsight's a beautiful thing but you can't put an old head on young shoulders, isn't it, can you? So that was just part of my growth and development. Like, And I guess as a young bull, you really just attack things physically and you, you don't really put enough weight into the mental game. Um, but the more I started to dive into it, the more I realised that um, those physical attributes, like to fast for three or four days and, and then go without water and strip, heaps of weight and and just to have that self-discipline it's not healthy but um you did it because you had to and i see the value in it and i also i see the other side of it as well um how that that could have also led to some of those um conditions like hip replacement some of those health problems that i i faced later on um and that's just i guess that's part of my journey that's that's why i walked that path um but now I have a big appreciation for the mental and, and the way that it, it sort of developed me as a person to 
know that I have the power to do those things if I if I had to if if if, if I went away and I had to go three days without food I it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me um, it's just something that I would just tap back into and go yep no worries yeah that all that all that physical pain and and hardship and training and stuff like that it, it's served a very unique purpose and eventually that purpose um, progressed into looking at things mentally because you were able at, at a young yeah. age at that level you were obviously able to push through physically and you didn't really even you competed at such a high level successfully and you didn't and you didn't even have that old head on the young shoulders you know no. Yeah, no, no. And, and I wouldn't have listened. And I wouldn't. That's, have about, that's exactly what I was about to say. I often, <laughs> I often wonder if, if that actually works. If an old head on yeah. a young body actually works, because yeah. the young yeah. body is probably very likely not willing to listen to that old head on his own yeah. shot or even know what the fuck it's talking about. It's, just, yeah, it's, it's all funny, gibberish. It's a really no. Yeah, mate. I, I agree, and it's a funny concept because, um, like. It takes a bit of a you got to be a bit of a wild child, like some 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 things going on in your life when you go into that realm of fighting into that state. Like I got uh, a lot of the high level boxers, uh, especially at the amateur level, you can get away with it. But a lot of them were pretty big drinkers, and like there were some of them who won Commonwealth Games gold medals who would have been out on the piece ten days before. And you often sit back and you and you reflect on on their tournaments, and you think. Man, imagine yeah. if they didn't do it. Yeah. But right. then again, they probably couldn't. I don't know. It was probably they, they might have been running from some demons in their head at the same time. Um, I know that there were moments where I did that when we were on the road and you'd be absolutely um, blind a week before the tournament. And I remember once I drew um, a Cuban and they were renowned as some of the better fighters in the world. He went on to win Olympic gold, bronze medal that year and a gold four years later, and he was good, good product. And I got the nod over him uh, on that day that I boxed him, and and that kind of puts you into that false sense of ego identity, like oh, I can, I can drink, I can do that, I can drink piss like the best fighters and and, and still compete at the top level. So it sort of it develops you into the wrong mindset and um, a negative way. Um, of of being and it was very strong in the boxing community and you know i know that there were a lot of demons that 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 the drink sort of helped me sort of deal with at times yeah and i'm sure that many fighters can probably relate yeah for sure what what year olympics was it again uh 2008 2008 beijing yeah okay so it's been a while since then i, I yep. know you said you don't train athletes but i imagine you still um no people in the in this space is, yeah. is has it changed a bit since then i'm, I'm just assuming but yeah i think professionalism definitely yeah. um especially like when we were down at AIS, they still did a lot of the right things like the ice bars and yeah okay and they had a really good facility down there at the institute of sport but you know some of the food options which is even through the nutritionists, like we'd be, I think mine was like sustain a cereal that's full of sugar and whatnot. <laughs> um, oh, and wow. power bars, and you know, like because we couldn't, we could only take so many power bars with us, and overseas, and and they were just full of sugar. So that that, what's the name? They would just tell us just to get some Mars bars if you needed it. <laughs> um, you know, not optimal, but it, it it's sort of the professionalism probably came in. 
a little bit later um, after us. It was sort of ticking in and we were changing things, but things like that you look back at and you think, why was I eating that food? Mm. Like you would know because you look after, you still look after yourself that they're, you know, eating and, and living Eating and living in general as an athlete, as a high-level athlete like you were, is not necessarily always conducive to health per se and uh, yeah. and then how you live as like a general athlete and also look after yourself. Because I'm imagining if you're saying you're training three three sessions a day, like you're yeah. serious calories. Yeah, like, that. And I always, I always struggled with fatigue, and it would have been a nutritional imbalance, right? And so I, I just always struggled with fatigue, and that would have just been not getting the right nutrients into the body and the right recovery. Um, yep. And so, yeah, um, I mean, yes, I could have done things probably better. Um, yeah. Most of us could have, but you know, we rode the roller coaster, and like I said, when you. Young and naive, you just think you're bulletproof in a way and you're going to get away with everything. Yeah, and you, and you can get away with a fair bit physically and, until you, you can't. Do. You <laughs> do. You do. Yeah. Until you're forced forced to look elsewhere. Uh, why don't you train um, athletes anymore? Is that just sort of a personal thing or is it because I imagine you'd have to spend a lot more time? Um, it's a lot of – it's a big investment. I started like that. Yeah. working with fighters and it was a big investment in time and there was a bit of a money um like the business wasn't set up when i was trying so hard with that so i sort of went well i've got to balance this out now because i can't um i've got to be able to find a way to keep the income coming in and then dedicate myself the time um but true to form um i've stayed with a, a comfortable business in a comfortable space and that's probably Half the battle there for myself is, is, is I guess the passion is there to help youth develop them, not necessarily in being fighters, but just um, helping setting setting them up for success in a way of, of, of making, well, let's say, optimal choices because there's no right or wrong choice, but a, a better choice for themselves for their for their careers and their lives in a way. Um, and so I was a I was a hard person on myself, but a very soft coach. And so I didn't I didn't find the balance as a coach, um, being hard enough on them to get the most out of them, uh, whereas I was probably too soft on them. And that probably comes back to that reflection of being so hard on myself, I didn't want to put anyone else through that. Mm. Yeah, that's funny. When you said that, I was laughing because as soon as you said that, I just realised when I, I haven't done any coaching almost a couple of years now but when i was coaching i was i am i train way harder and way harder on myself than i ever put in yeah. anything as, yeah you do don't you and yeah. yeah and and i see it in in this i see the polarity in other athletes who, who are really hard on their on their on their athletes who and they've gone into coaching um and it's just about finding that medium balance and i think this sort of stuff probably could help develop me to find that right balance yeah uh, because you do need it yeah 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 you already touched on this in some sense um and i alluded to it also in that a lot of the time when people walk into a boxing gym they're, they're definitely there for an outlet they have some type of enjoyment in yeah in the sport and learning something new and the technique the fitness and all that kind of stuff 
But do you think there's like an underlying something that people are looking for when they step in that gym outside, the, maybe outside the physical? Probably different for everyone. Yeah. Like, uh, I can only really speak from my perspective. I couldn't really speak for anyone else. Yeah. Um, like at first, I, I, I mean, um, so I grew up in a large family, extended family. Um, I was the youngest of six boys and, then I had a, a, a sister as well uh, come along. She was five years younger than me. So it was an extended family. And and I sort of, you're looking for a way to stand out, not fit in, in, in that family structure. Um, so no one else had done it in the family. And that was sort of my avenue to go, okay. And then all of a sudden it started getting me the um, the response that I was driving for. I guess, as a young child. And so for me, it was very driven for attention. Um, and that drove me more because the more you get, right, the more you want. And yeah. so you keep pushing yourself for more and more and more. Yeah, started you f- fed, fed the, um, the proverbial monster. <laughs> oh, yeah. And even when I was young, uh, when you started thinking you were, you know, all this and that in life, <laughs> yeah. It gets you places. It can, can can get you into places that you wouldn't normally get just based on, oh, this person's an Olympian. And you know what? It still works in my business, and I'll still utilise it for what it's worth, but I'm not attached to it anymore. Um, people, like, they come to me because of that. But, um, you know, I, I, I'd like to hope they come to me. I think once I get them through the door, they start to see more value that I can bring into their life rather than just the whole, oh, this guy's done this for himself. Um, yeah. I, um, so I, I, I understand that that's all part of the game in a way. And so I'll play the game, but I, I, I also, um, you know, don't come to me because of what I've, I've achieved for me. That's really one of my big things, but I still use it on a business perspective because yeah. I know that's what people want to hit. Um, but it doesn't shape or form me anymore. Um, but I respect sort of those are the, the the steps I needed to go through to then break down, you know, those physical barriers of myself and um, sort of what my value is in, in, in this place. And it's more about building that relationship with myself and that's I'm pretty fortunate to be able to live the life I live that, that allows me the time and the clients that, that bring me the lessons, you know, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's great that you're like aware of that because if you're having the mindset that you have in that every client is a teacher, it allows you to consistently learn. Yeah. And all your, your, and they're looking at, they're looking at you as a teacher and there's like yeah. a circle going on, isn't there? You know what I mean? Totally. It's got, yeah. got a lot to do with respect and it's probably got a lot, it's got a lot to do with, you know, as you said, even though you're no longer identified with that that athlete, people already respect you for that when they walk in the door. And then, yeah. as you said, when they walk out of the door, they are likely going to respect you for all the other reasons and so on and so forth. And same for yourself, um, you know, learning those lessons from those clients. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. Um, the we haven't really touched on it, but you have spoken to me about a while ago about starting the charity for kids. Um, 
you just want to touch on that a, a little bit? Yeah, man. Look, it, it's I've put the brakes on it. Um, there's a little bit of resistance there still in, yeah. in me, and and um, I at the moment am in a place where we we nearly had it all set up ready to go, and then I was like, well, I need a space to take it to. Yeah, because uh, where I am just isn't suitable at this point, and we've hit a little bit of resistance there. So we've got it sitting there dormant at the moment. But the idea is um, to give kids opportunities that they normally wouldn't. Um, so boxing is probably commonly known as a poor man's sport, and it doesn't bring the kids in that come from money. And I work in an area where there's money. Um, so you don't really get a lot of kids, uh, you know, their parents can afford to, to, to give them opportunities. And so I kind of feel like kids are falling through the cracks and I got the opportunity to work with a couple of charities yep. who would bring in kids that hadn't had fortunate starts in lives. And it sort of triggered something in me. That's probably a lot to do with my childhood as well. And so I sort of, it started driving a passion and an idea. Um, and then, of course, ego and everything else gets involved and I, I sort of I start looking for, um, how do I put it, I, I'm looking for ways to, to, to that, that won't, that, that will, I guess, disrupt it. And so that's... Um, I look at the negative before the positive, Mitch, if that makes sense in a way. Absolutely, yeah. And that's controlled it. So I've got it sitting there, but then I've gone, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I'm overthinking it and just not trusting it in a way. So that's a burning desire there. And again, there's I want to still build the, the, the business around and i've got ideas to be able to fund it so i need to have the business operating to a point where it it supports the charity and so the the idea is i set something up so that i can do what i love doing and that's just making a difference in someone's life especially the youth and i know it comes back to probably some sort of reflection of, of my life yeah no that's cool man i appreciate your honesty um because using that instance as the example, all of us go through moments where we where we put the negatives in front of the positives because, you know, for whatever reason, that's what we think we need to do because there's mm. a bit of fear going on and, a, you know, a lack of perceived yep. safety and all that kind of stuff and and the resistance is resistance is real and it's strong. <laughs> that's always a... It's always yeah. a funny one because it's 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 something that I mean I find for myself anyway. Certain things for whatever reason are easier to push through, um, and as you yeah. said before, you know there's there's resistance and it's just natural. And no doubt you'll work through those aspects because I know the kind of guy that you are. But it's also funny, not funny, but it's also almost ironic to hear you say that because I you know being. Uh, a high level athlete and push putting yourself through so much physical pain 
there probably mm. wasn't a lot of resistance there. They probably come really easy and natural for you just to like smash those pain barriers and just. Yeah, that's exactly right, out. mate. Yeah, that, that fear and doubt um, is definitely something that sits there for you in your business perspective. But if 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 it was a physical barrier, then I just didn't think about it. And there's the value in itself. I just think about it too much when it's. Yeah. In the other, and and there was an acronym I heard that that I'm still trying to work through, and that was fear. And um, it, it's uh, what was it? It was um, a false experience appearing real. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, but hey, that's that's kind of what's looking at me back in the mirror yeah. often. And so, so yeah, and that's um, trying to bring those values from the physical attributes into other parts of my life is 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 the the beauty i guess in the, in the journey yeah that's awesome man i love that acronym as well i use it regularly almost daily to be honest with you because yeah nice well every time every time you there's resistance and and it's resistance and fear associated with one another you recognize it or i recognize it i reckon yeah. like okay I'm fearing X, Y, Z, whatever it ends up being. And as soon as you ask yourself your question, is it real? I honestly can't even think of a time when like yeah, recently anyway, where it's actually yeah. been real. It's been something that I've fabricated in my own mind or yeah. as you sort of said, it's something that could happen. A lot of the time for me anyway, when, I'm, yeah. when I have those thoughts, it's like, oh, that could happen. And yep. the likelihood that it happened is actually very low, but you tell yourself, yeah, because it could happen, it's probably going to happen. But you actually know it's not probably going to happen, but you, you've, you you catch yourself in this loop. And then when you recognize it, hey, hold on a second, yep. it's, it's not real. First, yep. um, and what I also noticed is that even if it is real in the very few instances, once I recognize what it actually is, the power of it subsides substantially. Yep. Yeah, it's not as scary as what I first thought it was. Yeah, there you go. And I'll touch on it because it just came to me as you were talking that um, as much as I've held myself back in that process, I've got a client behind the scenes who's asked me to come along and work with some kids that are finishing up a program. And they're over the other side of town. It's a fair way for me to go. Um, but I, 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 uh, I locked that in. That'll be on a Wednesday afternoon i said yeah mate i'd love to all these kids that and they come from some um unfortunate backgrounds and so he said look i'd like you to continue this going i've got to finish this off because something's happened to the guy who was running it and um so isn't it funny how things sort of you can avoid something all you want but <laughs> sometimes the thing will find you right and um i find that yeah i find that people come to me to help you know i can help them along their journey and i find that i get a little bit more passionate about that than, than I do when I'm just rolling through the motions with my clients who actually pay the bills. <laughs> and so it's not always about chasing the money, but that feeling as well that I get when I do get to work with either the kids or some people who want to um, fine-tune a few skills to, to, to fight and just to see or hear their success and their journey it, it it brings a little bit of light into my day, so so to speak. I can imagine it does, but it's it's good. I I can see the 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 passion that you talk about when you're putting back into people, especially the youth, 
because um, it's so important. I wonder, I've thought about this recently in, uh, and this is obviously not my own thought, but recently where people people learn to fight for whatever reason, you know, boxing, whatever it is, boxing, jiu-jitsu, doesn't matter what yeah. it is. They learn to fight for whatever reason. And then um, as far as I can see, once they begin to learn to fight, their whole perspective of that experience changes. And what seems to be the case is that they, you know, they, myself as an example, you're learning to fight so that you don't actually have to fight. It's Yeah, yeah. It's like you're building a a level of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. You see that in the kids or, or the people that yeah. you're working with? Yeah, my biggest one, I guess, yeah, the, it's excess energy, right, for me on an individual level. Um, and it helped ground me a little bit more, yeah. I guess, and, yeah. and, and helped me walk through my day a bit easier. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm sure it does help the kids who have a little bit of that excess energy floating around up in the head. It sort of helps them ground that. and. Um, be a little bit more controlled outside of that arena because, um, you know, we, we probably, there are certain people that that will benefit, right? And so, yeah, I, it would have it would have that effect. Again, it's probably everyone's going to be a little bit more individual basis. And if I bring it back to, I guess, um, when we did the Heart Temple um, course, my one of my fears going into it was how am I going to get through that without exercising or running for myself? Because that's what exercising I use. I push the body really hard, um, and it makes me feel better yeah. about myself. And uh, you know whether it's just excessive negative thinking or whatever it is that it just helps me resolve and get through. Yeah. Um, the course. And I'm sure it had a lot more to do with the energy that everyone had in that course that I felt like I was floating after it, that I was so surprised how I felt light and I felt content without needing to hit the gym. Um, and then, you know, some of those old gym habits still creep in and, and I get a bit excessive with these things. <laughs> so... Um, that was really uh, opener for me. But, yeah, I guess some of us probably need it. Some kids probably do need it. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's an alternative to smacking some, some, some drugs into some of them is just to get them moving and, and get them exercising, which is great. So I love seeing the kids in the gym and just enjoying themselves because I think that's um, a lot of my training when I was coming through. It was just it wasn't as much as about enjoyment as it was about getting results. And so I just love seeing kids having fun with whatever they're doing um, and getting the most out of them that way. Yeah, and there's a there's a tribal element to it as well, isn't there? You know, like For sure. When we're all living in the bush and stuff like that, no doubt boys yeah. and things like that were oh, yeah. wrestling and having yeah. fights and seeing what the other one was capable of and knowing yeah. that you know, if you if you got into a fight with another tribe, yeah. the guy next to you, Todd knows how to punch, <laughs> you know, the other guys got you back and at what level they got you back, no doubt it, it, it had yeah. a uh, very specific purpose back then as well. Oh, yeah, it has. And even 
like when you look at it, it all has a very positive effect. I guess I know you would know from from jujitsu. A lot of the top level guys are very well grounded and yeah. respectful people, yeah. and it's the same in the boxing arena. I know that what you see on TV, it's not necessarily what you get behind the scenes because TV is all about sales and generating interest in the sport. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these people who probably per- are perceived as absolute wankers on TV. Uh, actually, you know, for the ones that I've been able to meet, yeah. there's not too many of them that aren't very well grounded and, and honourable people and very respectful. Um, yeah. So it definitely has a great effect in that in that part of, of of life for sure. Yeah, I was only saying to a friend or my brother the other day that yeah, with jujitsu, like I, I learn as much if not more about myself and about life outside of jiu-jitsu as i do yeah and i said that exact thing what you just said that the guys that are the more more experienced guys and the high level belts in that instance are just more experienced they yeah. are it's like the better you are at it the more grounded you are it's just, yeah totally like bar none i really can't even think of anybody that goes against that yeah. like of all the people i know like the guys are yeah. Really good. They're just they're always willing to help, listen, know that you know. Yeah. That. But even as a as a training partner, you you oh, might yeah. have someone, yeah. someone below you who's trying to challenge themselves, so they're going flat flat out rather than practicing um, the task at hand. And yeah. I see it all the time in boxing. Um, some some people just don't stick to the task; they just want to get the better of the other person. Yep. rather than learn something about themselves and, and develop some skills. And that's just, you know, I guess that comes down to the individual as well. But the more experienced they are, the more control they have and accepting of, okay, when things don't work out the way they wanted them to, that's okay. It's all part of, you know, training and, and learning. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The same same thing applies when you roll against someone that's more experienced you there. They're putting in bugger all effort compared to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like trying to do what you think you need to do, and they're always two steps ahead of you anyway. And you're expecting <laughs> ten times more energy, and you're like, "Fuck!" Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's cool. It's hilarious. Um, on that, like, no doubt, there's been probably millions of lessons learnt over your over your career and, and and through what you're doing at the moment. What do you think the biggest couple are that you that you're happy to share with that you've learned let's say through boxing but outside the gym you know things that have really yeah um really transferred over into everyday life yeah um self-respect yeah there's sort of boxing's taught me about that self-respect in a way that you know when you're young and we touched on it you think you know you're immortal and you can just do whatever you whatever you want and you might not train hard enough or you might not eat the right foods and things like that. So when you get ahead of yourself and, you know, because you're winning and you you think you're more than what you are, um, it's more of a self-respect thing. Yeah. So you you learn to, through those moments of, you know, um, getting ahead of yourself, that you learn to respect the process of what it takes to, to be a better person and a better athlete. And so you do the right things by yourself. Yeah. Um, as far as the fighting in the ring, you learn, I learned later on in life to respect the call of everyone. Like boxing 
as would be jiu-jitsu. It's a very subjective sport, so it doesn't matter who you talk to, everyone's going to have a different view of what they believe because of what they saw. And so it's it's always going to be subjective, so it's learn to respect that call from someone else, yeah. um, no matter where it comes from or who it comes from, especially the referee. You know, um, it's it's about respecting their calls in 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 the moment instead of getting caught in the emotion. Um, and so, again, I touch on a lot of this with my programs with guys. It's about control of oneself in the moment. Um, when you get hit, it's got to be just a process, not um, not something that you go into resistance to. And that's where I can flow if I get hit physically. I can smile through that um, in a boxing arena (laughs) because I'm just trying to bring that into my personal life. But um, (laughs) that control, that control of the emotion is just so important because then you don't lose the energy in the fight, right? In, in, In the competition, I should say. And so, that's really important, and that's what I just try to educate guys because I used to um, get in there and do rounds of all of them, and I sometimes would do up to 30, 33 rounds straight. Wow. And they just, they well, they just be. But then again, they, these are just blokes who are having their first, you know, first dance there, mate. They're just they've done a six to eight week program, and yeah. you know, not. And so, to just move around with them, and they hit you, and they get a kick out of it, but then they're absolutely buggered, just. Yeah their energy drawn out of them just to have you there with them. Um, and it's just teaching them to just control that emotion. Don't, don't tense up. And that's just a common thing in, in, in the fighting arena is people just tense up when they're either getting hit or even when they just throw punches out of sheer fear. Um, and so controlling that emotion in those moments, in the physical moments, and it grounded me in that respect. So yeah, respect for myself, respect for others. Um, that self-discipline was 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 something that I've had to apply that I didn't apply earlier in my life, um, especially as an athlete. Again, you probably could have been better, but you know it all happens for a reason. So really, it, it all it all forms back to the stuff you know that we probably touch on in those courses about you know um the journey of oneself and that's what i do refer to boxing as yeah and the more you realize it's about you and not the other person the more value you get out of it and the less the more you think it's about the other person and not you then you you, you're caught up in you're going to get caught up in the moment uh and the emotion of it all yeah for sure I, i can imagine in those moments you know in the ring if you're allowing the emotions to get the better of you yeah that you automatically or even outside the ring when we're allowing the emotions to get the better better of us we're tense we don't want to be hit you know in the face physically or whatever it is outside the ring and so while ever we're in that state we um when it does happen we um yeah the, the way we react to it is is not always going to be you know no. ideal is it <laughs> no not favorable for you yeah that's right no um, and the big ones i touch on with the kids is it is that it's the self-belief yeah because you need self-belief first yep. the um you know uh, the self-resilience because you need a bit of resilience to be able to go through all the um steps that it takes to just to be ready for a competition 
Um, and as we touched on, there's a lot of practices still left in the sport, some ancient practices of fasting um, and abstaining from, you know, fluids on that, that last day just to get those extra little bit of kilos off or, you know, a few, few hundred grams if you need to. So there's that's really that resilience within you, you know, because that and I always form that back to the work we do is, is who's in control, you or your thoughts in a way. If you stop thinking about it, it's not a problem. <laughs> it's not. You know, it's just the more that we, um, we we give it value, that it becomes an issue, and so I can resort that back to my life definitely. Well, for sure, man. I hear you. Uh, the other thing that you said, which was good, um, was about you know respecting the other person's call, and in particular, yep. you said about like an umpire's decision yeah respecting it because using the umpire as the example inside the boxing ring um if you do respect it and you just even if it goes against you yeah it allows you to keep moving forward and flowing whereas if you resist it um again inside the boxing ring then i can only imagine that the tension and the emotions and whatnot they then start to shoot up and then i'm easily um easily thinking about that outside the ring when your boss or when somebody else says something and you resist that, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is, but when you resist yeah. it and you don't want to hear it and you fight it, you, it's the exact same thing. You're not, it's the, the punches are obviously metaphors here, but you, you are, you are, you're tense, you're emotional, you fight yeah. back. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not, not necessarily punching someone in the face, but there's very much a, a, a fight um, and need to be right, and need to win the fight, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, no, well, yeah, it teaches you a lot about that, just accepting someone else's view. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether there was an intention or an unconscious intention, some fighters, and you hear it all the time, you go, oh, they ripped me off. You know, how many people do we hear that from? Yeah. And I'll put my hand up. I've definitely won fights that I probably lost. Yeah. I lost fights that I probably won, and that's all part of learning about yourself, isn't it? In, in those moments because the rest of it's a smoke screen. It's what's going on inside you that really mattered in those moments, you know. Um, so that was probably the big part of, of just learning to accept that, you know, not everything's going to drop your way all the time. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's a lot of resistance when you probably haven't um, Giving your best effort, whether that's in training properly or looking after yourself properly, or you know, uh, maybe holding back during the fight, um, you know, and, and I can relate to all those circumstances. So that um, that's where there's more resistance to whatever happens outside of you, rather than when you can just let it all go. Yep. That's just calling. Now. Can you still see me? Yeah. I can see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can just sort of. When you when you go in there and just accept, okay, that it is what it is. We'll come back and we'll do it again next time, and um, yeah. that was the big part of it. Yeah, I heard you just say then holding back in the fight, and I'm thinking, you know, you know what it's like to hold back in a fight because obviously you know why <laughs> you've been yeah. in those situations. But how often do we, including myself, hold back in life? Oh, all the time, all the time. Yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. It's it's a little oh, bit yeah. it's a little bit different, but boy, don't we fuck, don't we don't we let 
Oh, shit, Jeremy. So, you know, the funniest one that came to me just the other day because yeah. um, I don't know if you've picked up on how much I love politicians, but um, <laughs> it, and they've taught me so much that I sort of reflected on the fact that how many of them say something that they're going to do when they get when they want to get your vote and then they just never do it. And then if I look at that on a personal level, you go, how much shit have I said and not gone through with? Yeah. And it's just a fucking, I can just go, wow, that's just something really powerful for me to take in and just accept that is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Having that, having that awareness that the, that, that the, what makes us, what we think makes, what we think other people make us angry about is often something that's unresolved or something that we're unaware of or ready to work with inside ourselves. And Possible, man, yeah. Isn't it? It's, all, it's pretty much all, I think it is always the case. For everyone else but me, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> fully, fully agree, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, see? Uh, that's good. No, it's it's... That's funny. Um, hey, I wanted to ask you before. Just uh, I know we've moved on from it, but what was what was was there anything that really surprised you? Uh, this is my own personal curiosity here. Anything that really surprised you about um, your experience at the Olympics? <laughs> People ask me that, and they say, "Did you enjoy the Olympics?" No, I didn't, because yeah. um, I went in there with. A single-minded focus, and that was to medal. Right. Um, lost my first fight. I uh, no excuses. I just didn't. The guy was he. He beat me. It was a close fight. Yeah. Um, he beat me. Um, but on the scores, and you talk about subjective. Uh, I think it was like twenty-two or twenty-three to two. I got two points in the whole fight, and there was a. Little bit of a thing going on there behind the scenes, and it just is what it is. It was all part of, I guess, my journey as well. Because then, after that failure, what had, what happened? The self sabotage popped out, and I don't think there was too many days where I wasn't in a stingy bar in in, in Beijing somewhere, yeah. just drowning my sorrows. So my Olympic experience wasn't wasn't a nice one because of the headspace that I allowed myself to be in and I wasn't bigger than the moment. I let the moment get to me. Yep. Um, and so I was still young and immature at that time in my life. And, um, you know, it was part of your identity was, oh, look how much, you know, Toddy can drink. She's easy goer. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that, that forms part of your identity yeah. and that's just toxic. And so it was, mate, it, it was a nice experience. Um, but, I was I was out of competition on the second day and I didn't really mingle with athletes. I just I'm I wasn't that kind of person, um, you know. And so, if I look back on it, it would have been a, a nicer experience if I wasn't in such a negative headspace. And they probably could have should have given us the option to go home, um, so we didn't get ourselves in so much trouble <laughs> over there. Um, the, the boxers have quite a reputation <laughs> so so look it yes it was a beautiful experience to help me through my life journey yeah um and as you can see a lot of my story has still evolved around it but it's taught me a lot outside of the arena um but i still use that as a form there's still a love and a passion for it 
and yeah. I can use it to to help other people improve their lives. So it's 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 made an impact for me, and hopefully I can utilize the skills to to make an impact for others. But I use the the inner work more for me. But the more I do the inner work, the more I realize how much these people are teaching me and how much I can impact them as well. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I didn't realize that. I, I think I knew part of that story. Um, and it's it's interesting with the, with the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. I think you may you yeah. may have told me. I may have touched on it, but what, what interests me um, is that you know that that would be the case. What you just explained would be the case for a lot of people, if not most people, in the sense that you know, with a lot of those sports at the Olympics or just high high level competition like that, most a lot of people get knocked out very 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 soon don't they it's very early in the competition yeah especially when it's not around robin boxing's yeah. not around robin's you know scenario where yeah. you might have a bad day and you get to come back and try again it's it's you know elimination so the moment you you you, you have a hiccup you're out and so that's just part of it um so yeah there's there's, there's a lot of people running around um You'll never see like what did they have? They had a McDonald's um, in the athletes' village. Yeah, and major sponsor of some of the greatest athletes in the world. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and <laughs> uh, you, you, there's so much time and dedication. Like I can, cannot imagine the countless hours it leads to that moment, and then those things can happen. And it's it's very much it's, you know you're there for boxing, but it's as you already said, it's very much. If not more, a life lesson and and um, it yeah. rocks your world, Mitch. But if I look at the other side of the spectrum, I was probably never ready for the success. Yeah, yeah, okay. It would have drove me into a worse state because then you would have believed in yourself even more. Yeah, you would have chased it. You would have gone. Oh, yeah, I could just imagine. <laughs> I could just imagine. That's cool. Um, yeah, I could imagine too. Um, when when you as a coach now and, and also when you're training, uh, well, I know you're still training, um, do you, where does your, where do you think your drive and your passion comes from to, you know, as, as, as a coach and, and, and as a prior athlete, has it always, is there always been like this overarching dream? Is it just something you, I mean, it can be something, no. something you always. No, not at all. Um, when I came out of, you know, that, that, that realm of, of just being focused on, on myself with the boxing, um, I used – there's not a lot of money in the boxing, so I used personal training as, as just a way to make ends meet, okay. as, as a lot of fighters do when they're coming up, yeah. just to make a little bit of money on the side. And then as I stepped away from it, the, that sort of took over. I, 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 I went – I took a couple of jobs that just weren't for me. And um, I never saw the value in myself and what I could do within these this space. And I never gave myself. I always just saw it as a, a way to make ends meet. And so I never really did much with it. Um, I never I, – I didn't think I'd be doing it, to be honest. And then the more I look at it and go, well, there's, there's, there's so much I can do with it. I can't be limited by that old belief system. But um, I need to utilise this time to, to learn more about myself and see the value that I can bring. And, and, and then, you know, if I can step out of that fear, then I'm sure that, that, 
that time will come where I will have a gym full of kids or um, a space that provides a, a positive network for people. Um, and, I've, you know, even in my small space now, people are getting, they connect with each other and they build networks. I've got a young uni student, a, a great job with a, with a lawyer that I train. And so those sort of things are really rewarding, rewarding for me. It's more just, it's a network and a hub that I use and I connect with people. I don't see myself as a, as a, as a boxing coach. I know that's, that's the, the way I get, uh, leverage, I bring people in, but just gives me an opportunity to connect with people and understand where they're at because we're all, you know, going through something and they come to you for a reason. And, you know, I've had clients that, that come to me for, for the boxing and then we've done so much just this, just sitting and talking yeah. and working through, you know, things. And, and that teaches me so much about life and, and where I'm at and, what's out there for me if I'm prepared to step outside of that comfort zone. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate that. It's, uh, I mean, I can thinking about it myself of the coaches, the other coaches and things that I know and people that I've trained under, it's always been that mentality that you've spoken about, about being able to, um, uh, seeing clients as teachers themselves and having that, um, roundabout circle. It's, I realize I've always gravitated to people like that. And I think they are the best, they make the best coaches because they are always open and willing to listen to what other people have got to say and um, change your opinions on things and, or, you know, um, just listen, just listen to what, listen to what they got to say. Cause at the end of the day, that yeah. information can be, um, you know, that information's expanding their knowledge as well and what they can go back and give to other clients and, and oh, yeah. ever evolving, isn't it? Yeah, totally, mate. Yep, 100% agree. No, that's cool, Todd. I appreciate that. Um, coming to the end here, brother, um, I haven't asked you, but is there anything that um, anything you wanted to touch on that we haven't sort of haven't sort of spoke on? Um, no, not not really, brother. I'm sort of um, like I've touched on you before we, we started talking it was more right now um as you know i've, I've stepped out of that I've, I've taken a year to to sort of understand myself without without the courses and to see where i'm at and so now i'm just sort of observing that and trying to find that balance in my life and just you know smile at myself when the chaos comes because and i get caught up in it so for me, right now, going forward, it's just the year is about just finding balance within myself, and then that will. Um, and it's definitely reflected on the business lately. So, just focusing, as, as silly as it sounds, focusing on um, just improving myself on an individual level, and then accepting that little step backwards to to improve and go backwards and go forwards, <laughs> go backwards again. But the what one step back, two steps forward. Yeah, I, I think I already said to you before. It's it's actually very like it's very noble of you to to do that because it could be quite you could quite easily just push push on to whatever it is in in anything really for the sake of doing it as opposed to having the well, I suppose yeah it's, it's the self self respect that you've developed over so many years to be able to step back and go hey this is where I'm at at the moment rather than yeah. do this for the sake of doing it because I've, I I, I yeah. feel like I need to do it. 
I'm, yeah. I'm and I'm going to, you know, honor where you're at at the moment and just. Yeah. It's yeah. about being honest with myself. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. No, that's good. Again, I appreciate it. Um, last question. Final question. Uh, yeah, right. What does the present moment mean to you? It's a good question, brother. To release, I guess, what you um, release yourself from those thoughts of yesterday or tomorrow. Yeah, nice. Just release yourself from that, and 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 that is a beautiful place, brother, to just. Yeah. be in that moment and that's i always do reflect on that with the boxing that's the one place in the ring that it all just disappears as you would know on the floor you yeah. just you're in that moment yeah you're doing but you're being in a moment too yeah. where there is no thought and that's just a beautiful place to be fully agree my friend it's probably why we ch chase it without knowing oh, too much. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm always chasing the present moment. I can't find it, but <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know if I find it. <laughs> Thank you, my man. Thank you. Send it my way. I'm on the hunt. I'm on the hunt. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate your time, mate. It's been a great chat. It's been right, love it. Thank you, brother. Connected. Thanks for connecting again, man. No worries, bro. It's been it's been good. Been good to hear. Re touch on some stories that we've spoke about before, but listen to some listen to some new ones. Um, yeah. Where can people find you, bro? Are you on the socials? Not often enough. Um, TKO Conditioning is sort of on Instagram and, and Facebook. So one day I'll I'll put something up. I'll probably have to start soon. <laughs> <laughs> I go through my moments, brother. Yeah, I go through my moments. So. Yeah, I'm not very good at it either, mate. Don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> all right, man. I'll um, let you go. Again, thank you for your time. Thanks, uh, brother. You have a good one. Keep 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 doing what you're doing. It's uh, Thanks, it's 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 important, man. You know it's important. I know it's important. It'll be it's even more important for those youths coming up to have people like yourself showing them the physical, but having the having the skills to also show them those mental reps. Oh yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. See you, brother. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe wherever your ears choose to listen and leave a review if this podcast has helped broaden that horizon. I'd love to hear from you and what you got out of this episode. Stay weird, be yourself, and above all, remember to step over the ants.